You are now listening to the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. I'm Christian Babcock, the host of the Hunter's Advantage Podcast. And what we do on the podcast is we talk to disruptive companies in the outdoor industry, talk about innovative hunting solutions that are changing the landscape, as well as offer you tips and strategy for more successful hunts. All in all, I just want to help you become a better hunter by providing you with high-quality knowledge and information that you can trust. Stay tuned. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. This is going to be a rather short one with the owner of Crimson Talon Broadheads, Dave Biddle. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. I know that a lot of you guys are listening and we're growing every single day. I'd really appreciate it if you would take this episode or any of the episodes that you've been enjoying and share it with one friend and drop me a comment on Instagram at Christian Babcock or at Hunter's Advantage Podcast on Instagram or you can give us a like or a message on Facebook or YouTube. But anyways guys, I'm gonna let you get to the episode, but I really appreciate the support. So this week on the podcast I'm joined by Dave Biddle. He's the owner of Crimson Talon Broadheads and also a personal friend. We keep in close contact uh, as he's taken over the company this year. So Dave, why don't you give the uh, the listener a little context into who you are and kind of what you're doing at Crimson Talon? Okay. So um, let me begin, I, I guess, Christian. Um, my story is simply that, you know, um, some people um, chase opportunity and, and other people have uh, opportunity presented to them. And I, I'm really in that latter category. And, and the reason I say this is that, you know, I, I, a number of broadhead companies, um, broadheads um, quite often are created by by people who have been hunting for years and they, they see a need in the market and then, you know, come up with a new broadhead design that, that they, you know, feel is, is uh, you know, better than, than others. Um, some people, as I said, have opportunity presented to them. And in my case, I've been um, selling outdoor gear online for for a number of years, uh, camping equipment, knives, broadheads, um, you know, but manufactured by, by different people. One of the um, uh, supply sources that I have, um, as it turns out, happens to be the um, OEM fabricator for Crimson Talon Broadheads. And the history of Crimson Talon Broadheads is that, you know, the, um, the Broadhead came about, you know, I'm going to say, you know, around about 2001, 2002, and was in the market for about 10 years. And then the, the, the company died, you know, died off. Um, and I knew that, um, you know, and I'd sold their broadheads, you know, along with other ones, um, but not really paid, you know, a whole lot of attention to it. And it, and, I, and I knew they, they had gone into business, but again, I didn't really think much about it. But, um, you know, Reed, who I, I've gotten to know over the years, um, we were exchanging, um, you know, Christmas wishes um, the week before Christmas. And in one of his emails, for, for whatever reason, he said, you know, have you uh, or would you consider bringing back um, Crimson Talon broadheads? 
And I thought, you know, that's an intriguing idea. I'd never really thought about that before. Um, so I said, let me think about it. And over the, you know, the Christmas holidays, I did a, a, a lot of research. Um, I looked in my garage and sure enough, I had a, you know, a couple of packs of the, uh, um, of the original Crimson Talons there. So I, I did a few things. Um, first thing was I made two phone calls. Um, I found the phone, you know, the phone number for Scott Mackey, who was the CEO of the original company. And I said, you know, I, I love these broadheads. The, you know, the technology was brilliant. I'm thinking of bringing them back. What do you think? And I, and I just, you know, I, I suppose in my mind, it was as much to get his blessing as anything else. Um, and, you know, out of, out of respect for, you know, a brilliant broadhead that the, these guys had created. And his reply to me was, I'm out of the broadhead business, but hey, you know, um, go after it. I'm certainly not going to stand in your way. And hey, you know, bless you. Um, second call I made was to the Archery Trade Association and said, you know, this is what I'm thinking. I'm, I, you know, I, I'll be new in the business. What's your advice? And and kindly, they sat down and spent a long time with me on the phone and laid out what the industry was all about, what the hurdles they, they thought that, you know, I would, would experience and so forth. And then the third thing I did was um, uh, my son and I went out and we shot some again just to see, um, you know, what they would do. And um, with that in mind, I said, yeah, <laughs> let's, let, let's do this thing. Um, so, Really, having made the decision, the question was, what do we do? And, and, and like I said, you know, bringing airfoil technology to um, fixed blade broadheads to me was, a, was brilliant when it, when it, when it came up. And, and really, the idea is that, let me, let me backtrack. So, so right now, most arrows um, rotate because of fletching and really it's, it's the fletching that that determines the path of the arrow with airfoil technology built into crimson talon broadheads you're now really driving an arrow from the front so back in the day they compared it to you know driving a car with front wheel drive or driving a car with rear wheel drive really it was, it was sort of the same kind of thing the by spinning um, an arrow from the front, what you're doing is reducing wind planing. And also what you're doing is giving a spin. So when that, that broadhead hits its target, it really keeps on turning as it, as it goes through. Um, the result is a, is a quick, humane kill, blood trails that you can't miss. And really just like I said, all around all a, a, a really great design, right? So what I attempted to do was not, I didn't want to try to um, improve on, on, uh, on, on the airfoil technology because there's really not a lot to improve on. But I thought, okay, if, if I'm going to take this on, what can I do to bring the broadheads into 2019 and 2020? 
So really what I looked to do um, starting this whole project was to make, you know, whatever incremental changes I could that that would would improve, like I said, what is already, I think, a, a, a really good a really good product. Um, so the changes, um, I did a lot of lot of reading. I looked at every broadhead site I could find to see what other people were doing. And really what I settled on was, um, number one, the ferrule, um, bring it into um, aircraft grade aluminum, which is really sort of the standard now for any good broadhead. Um, I wanted to change the nature of the chisel tip to something that would penetrate, you know, the, the, the densest bone. And what I really decided on at the end was, was a two tool steel. And I'm in love with tool steels because, uh, you know, as I've said in the past, think, you know, things like, uh, chippers and jackhammers, that, that kind of thing, you know, a, a very solid metal that'll drill through just about anything. So, um, increased the aggressiveness of the tip just a little, um, upgraded the steel to, to A2, um, and then also went with the blades. Um, the, one of the nice things the fabricator that, that I was using did was he had imported some German grinding machines. Um, and what that's done is made the blades razor sharp. And, and some of the comments I've had is that you can shave your arm hair with these blades and, and, and you can, that's the first thing that I tried. And, and sure enough, I took off a, a, a bunch of it. So really incremental changes, um, as we've gone along, the other change I made was, um, for folks um, who are in Colorado, the, the, the regulations in Colorado um, say that um, a broadhead or the blade of a broadhead has to maintain the same plane al along the length of it, which in my mind um, makes um, crimson talon really not a good choice. So it was brought out a, a, a straight blade version of the uh, of the broadhead, it's identical in all respects except that it doesn't have airfoil technology built into it. Still, one heck of a broadhead. Um, same same tip, um, three razor sharp blades with three ble bleeders. It'll make a heck of a hole. Um, and and that's really you know uh, really what I tried to do. And and I think to me the realization was. You know, when you sell other people's products, you don't really pay a lot of attention to them. But when you put your own name on something, it's going to have to be good, right? Um, and that, to me, carries with a with a you know a lot of responsibility. You know, uh, people get one shot every year to go out hunting, hopefully, right? Um, and I don't want it to be my broadhead that lets them down. You know, I want that to be the, the one part of their equipment that they can count on and really don't have to think of. And, you know, that that's why we offer a, a, a complete unconditional guarantee. You know, I, I don't recommend that, that people go around shooting rocks and boulders and, and things like that. But if they do and they break it, I'll replace it. 
and that goes for the life of the life of the broadhead. So mm-hmm. you know, so realistically, um, if you start with crimson talon broadheads, you probably won't have to buy another set as long as you're hunting. Um, now, um, you know, in the in the interim, what I would tell you is that um, you know I've I've reached out on on social media. Um, you know, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I've gone out to uh, a number of the, you know, the original pro staff from Crimson Talon Broadheads. I've reached out to um, a number of new hunters, and I've had people reach out to me as well. Um, folks like, uh, you know, True Life Hunting Adventures have already gone out and and shot rams and and you know uh, and wild boar. Um, and have come back with you know superlative results, right? Um, I just actually before coming on here, um, uh, a local hunter who um, uh, went out and shot himself a, a big boar, uh, and and came back with two thumbs up and said, "Hey, I'm sold. These things, you know." So, been getting a lot of positive. Um, a lot of positive uh, feedback, and you know, I, I can't say enough about the the folks who've started, you know, um, picking up the banner and and uh, believe in these broadheads and believe in what we're doing. Um, we're really trying to um, bring the best quality broadhead we can to market at a you know at a at a price point that people can afford. You know, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, truth be told, there are a lot of good broadheads on the market these days. A lot of them, right? Um, and you can pay, you know, hundred dollars for a pack. Um, but I'm trying to, I, I'm trying to keep that price, you know, reasonable and still give absolutely the best value we can, right? Um, you know, I, I I had the comment a while ago. So so, what differentiates you, right? I mean, uh, you know, you 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 can only kill something once, right? So, um, do your broadheads kill better than the other ones? And I said, uh, yeah, actually, I think they do, right? Because it's all about quick, humane harvests. And um, you know, if nothing else, I believe in ethical hunting. Um, I believe that you want to bring an animal down as 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 quickly as you can, as humanely as you can, and that's really what's going into the the design and the quality of the broadheads. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But since we're doing an audio only format, could you explain to the listener what the broadhead actually looks like? Because I think the Crimson Talon has a really unique look, and so I think it would provide a lot of value to explain what it looks like versus maybe a normal broadhead. Yeah, so like I said, so so what you're looking at is um, a three-blade um, chisel-tip broadhead with three bleeder blades. And as far as I know at this point, we're the only really, the, the only six-blade broadhead um, in the in the market um we have a a rather a unique color scheme um it was originally coined as uh, feral flage um sort of a you know uh, a takeoff in the word camouflage 
and it's sort of a camouflage type look between silver and red or black and red, whether you're using the, the G2 or the G2 hyperspeeds. Um, the, the chisel tip, we decided to leave just the basic um, tool steel um, color. But really what's going to, as soon as you see it, um, you know, the, 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 the vent in the, um, in the blade is the, the shape of a talon. And it, it's the curve in the blade. It, it's the airfoil that you're you're never going to miss because there's not another broadhead that that looks even remotely like this, right? Um, so they're they're instantly identifiable. I think that's about you know the, the most of what I can say. At least about the about the hundreds, right? The uh, the 125 grain will be available in a couple of months. Um, what we've done with that is spent the extra 25 grains into the chisel tip uh, to make it really aggressive. Um, that's going to be a bone buster. Oh, of course. So the one thing that I think is unique to Crimson Talon is the idea of the spiral wound channels, which is basically the idea that the broadhead continues to spin as it goes through the animal. So. What do you think the difference is in a cut with a Crimson Talon versus, you know, just a normal fixed blade broadhead? And how is that going to help you harvest more animals? Right. So the theory of this is that most, um, most, most fixed blade broadheads are going to cut along muscle lines, right? Um, and cutting along muscle lines is going to um, create a wound channel that, that can easily close. And if a wound channel can easily close, there's not going to be, you know, obviously that, you know, that 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 blood flow and 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 a quick drop. Um, these broadheads, as you said, continue to spin. So so first of all, we're working at um, really sort of thirty degree angles uh, as opposed to sixty or ninety uh, because of the bleeders. And because the blade keeps spinning, it's it moves through sort of like a drywall screw. I mean, sort of once it hooks in, it just keeps on going. And and you know there are various compar comparisons, but to me, it's sort of like coring an apple. Um, it creates a hole, and that's probably the best way I can describe it. Um, and creating a hole that um, that doesn't clot, it doesn't stop. Um, and if your, you know, if your shot isn't optimal, the animal is still going to bleed out very, very quickly. Um, and again, it, it's, you know, um, my, my big concern is that, um, you really don't want to, you know, wound an, an animal and then have to chase them for a half a day. Right. It's, right, you, right. you want to drop them immediately or within 30, 40 yards, you know, maximum. And that that spinning broadhead does exactly that. And and um, I've seen the blood trails, and and you know we have some videos up on Instagram. Um, you know, in one case, you know, shooting a hog, and it just dropped him right where he stood. Right, he didn't even get a step. Um, that's the kind of wound channel that that these broadheads create. Um, you know, it's a uh, it's an amazing thing to see. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, 
like I said, it's just it's just just great technology. Um, and I I hate to keep using the word technology, but um, you know the end result is the same, right? Um, you want to be sure that that when you finally you know get the right shot, that that the animal drops drops quickly and cleanly, right? That's what you're looking for, and that's what these things do. They're they're pretty wicked. One of the selling points of a fixed head already is kind of the the shoot with confidence because you don't have to compromise. You know, you're not contingent upon a blade opening up. You're not contingent upon you know uh, a collar band breaking or anything like that. And so to be able to take the functionality of like an already normal fixed head and add like a circular wound channel that's that's going to help the animal bleed out more effectively. I think to me that's like that's a game changer, you know, that yeah. that's something that you can absolutely promise that this, this hole is going to come out looking, you know, like a silver dollar or a quarter instead of, you know, a couple of paper cuts one way where it's, cause I mean, we know we've all probably all had it happen to us that are listening that, you know, you shoot a deer, whether it's the hide or a piece of lung or something, those holes get clogged, you know, when they're just slits, they get clogged rather easily and you yeah. jump a deer, you get adrenaline, uh, that you get the adrenaline going on one, you only hit one lung, you know, they can go a long ways on that. If you don't have blood blood to follow, then there's really no way to to recover that deer or antelope or whatever. But, you know, this, this just seems like a good solution to that because even if you do have one of those less than desirable shots, you might be able to find recover the animal quickly anyways because you always know where they're going if there's a, if they're running away with a hole in them. Well, exactly, and and you know the way the way I like to characterize this is that you know, um, you know, crimson talons aren't going to turn a bad hunter into a good hunter, but they they easily could turn a good hunter into a better hunter for exactly the the, the reason you've just you know you you've explained. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And you know the and, and I guess you know sort of the other thing I, I I'd like to bring up too, um, um, Christian, is that. You know, when we talk about accuracy of shots, right? So I I personally tested these out to about 50 yards. Um, and and honestly, what I'm seeing, I, I've had a couple of people tell me there is no difference um, in trajectory between these broadheads and, and field points. My personal experience has been about a three inch or so um, drop over about 50 yards. Um, we had um, some testing done um, last week by Crossbow Magazine. Um, their results were um, were consistent with the you know uh, with the what our results had been as well. They tested. Um, the the G's the G2s up to I believe it was uh, 445 feet per second, um, and they saw exactly the same thing when they tuned for that three inches. They were able to, uh, you know, put these things in the same hole every time. So, you know, the accuracy is there as well, right? Um, you know, uh, I would say for most people, you know, some tuning required, but you know, any broadhead is some some tuning required, right? Really, the thing is, can you put it in the same spot every time once you've tuned it? And 
Um, my experience has been yes, and what we're hearing back from other folks is is exactly the same thing. So, you know, you're going to get the accuracy for an average shot. You're going to get, um, as you say, a, a wound channel that, that cannot close or clot. Um, you know, it, it, this thing is going to do its job, and you can count on it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think something that's we'd previously discussed is, you know, you shooting through some plywood. And also I think you had mentioned a steel barrel. Now I know that's not super equivalent to maybe a shoulder of a deer or anything like that, but it does give archers some sort of confidence that, you know, whatever they're shooting through is, you know, the Crimson Talon's been through it before. So what's your experience been with shooting through things that are going to be tougher than anything an archer is going to encounter in the wild? Okay. So, so, so here, here, here's the truth of all this. So sometimes boys will be boys and we just like to shoot stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, so back, back a little while back, I, I don't know, you know, it, it seems to be a lot of this stuff happens on, on Sunday afternoon when we're sitting around a little board. I don't know. Um, so we decided one Sunday to um, take on some plywood. So we went down to Home Depot and bought some three quarter inch ply and, and, and built a target out of it and went out to a friend's place and uh, started shooting three quarter inch plywood. And we were just sort of blowing through the plywood with <laughs> no problem. And it, and if, if, if you go to our Instagram account, Crimson Tell and Broadheads, you'll I, actually, it's one of the videos that's up there. Um, so we were blowing through that and not really, you know, doing any damage whatsoever to the, uh, to the broadhead. So, um, you know, I got a little bit greedy, I will admit, and decided to double up in the plywood and, and go an inch and a half. Um, I, and I guess I'm not really too sure what I was expecting, uh, but um, I buried buried all of the heads in the one and a half inch plywood, but um, I had to sort of chisel them out, so I'm not really sure. Um, but what was really interesting to me was you could see the curved you know, the curve of the blades going into the plywood and just a little bit sticking out at the end. So um, they will bury themselves in plywood quite quite nicely at an inch and a half. Um, Three-quarter inch, like I said, they just sort of blow through. Um, and then the um, uh, with steel drums the other day, um, I don't know, I just was in the mood to shoot some stuff again. So... Um, was talking to uh, a good friend of mine who's got a got a farm with 20 miles from here, and he said, "Hey, I've got some steel drums that you, if you want to try and put some holes in them, you're you're welcome." So we went over to his place, and um, <laughs> the first first arrow I shot, we had positioned the drum. I hadn't thought about it, but positioned it in front of a tree, and and I thought I saw a bounce back. I was a little concerned until we realized that the arrow had passed right through the drum and it had ricocheted off the tree. So we moved the barrel and proceeded to <clears throat> put a number of arrows um, right through both sides of the steel barrel. Um, and um, talk about leaving a hole, a nice triangular hole, you know, coming in <laughs> and going. Um, that I'm probably going to post that in a day or two on Instagram as well if anybody's if anybody's looking um 
Now, you know, the one thing I will say is that it did dull up the edges um, going through steel. Um, that I certainly will, will admit. Now, my, um, the concrete block story um, with our 125 grain, for some reason, I got it in my mind that I wanted to shoot some concrete blocks just to see what would happen. Um, and very honestly, I, you know, I'm not sure what I, what I expected, but what I got was not what, you know, what I, what I expected, if that makes sense. Um, the, the chisel tip um, completely buried itself in the concrete didn't go anywhere, which I was, that part I was quite happy about. But the force of the, uh, the impact wound up um, cracking the ferrule. So I've gone back to the, uh, the drawing board on those. Um, not that I think anybody is, you know, if the world is overrun by concrete blocks. Um, but to me, just I, I have to make the um, I have to make the broadhead stronger. Uh, it's it's already going to go through through any bone um, that exists, but I want to be able to stick it in a block of concrete and bury the head in that, and have the broadhead come through with you know with flying colors. So that's that's really sort of next up, you know, which really sort of goes to the plan of of. of what I want to do with these broadheads. As I see the possibility for improvement, I'm going to keep on making incremental changes. Um, you know, nothing that you're going to really notice by eye, but just to make them stronger, sharper, um, because I believe that's what people deserve. Um, and I certainly won't, um, I won't sell any broadhead that 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 I don't believe is the, is the best we can possibly make it. I just that that doesn't make any sense to me. So as far as arrows go, what would you recommend to someone that'd be shooting the crimson talons? Like, how heavy of an arrow would they go with, or is heavier is the heavier the better going to be the best for them? We've been shooting, and I'm going to say it's uh, it's four millimeter. I, I don't think that you. Um, I, I'm not looking for any really um, um, specific arrows. What you know, the only thing that I would caution is that um, uh, you're fletching. Really, you don't want to be working sort of counterproductively to you know the spin that the the, the broadhead is giving the arrow already. Um, if you're running, you know, regular fletching, you know, that, that straight up, up to about three inches, I think, you know, you're probably good. I mean, we've tested these with a number of different arrows, a number of different crossbow bolts. Um, and honestly, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of difference, Christian. I really haven't. Um, so I don't know that I've got any, you know, specific recommendations in, in that respect. You know, I, I would, like I said, the, the one word of caution I would have is don't, you know, if you're already using an offset fletching that, that is spinning your arrows in, in, in one direction, you don't want to have that, that working, you know, counter to the broadhead, right? 
that's not that's not going to make a lot of sense. Uh, but for most people with their setup, unless you're using some of the new, you know, sort of, uh, you know, ultra thin arrows, um, I have not tested with those whatsoever. So I, I really don't know. But, but other than that, um, you know, no, no particular recommendations. Maybe you could tell the listeners where they're going to see the first presence of a reinvigorated Crimson Talon broadheads come next January. We will be in the uh, innovation zone at the ATA. Um, I stand to be corrected. I believe it is booth D2, but um, please don't hold me to that. I'm just going off the top of my head right now. Um, But yeah, definitely uh, check out the innovation zone. Um, We'll be there. You'll see us. We're, we're, We're right close to the end. Um, or right close to the entrance, I guess, to it is is uh, when I when I'm just thinking back about the the map. So we'll we'll definitely be there leading up to the ATA. Um, if you're interested in checking us out, um, Instagram, Facebook, really, are, you know, where we're pushing the uh, um, trying to get you know uh, more exposure. Website at at corecut.com, K-O-R-E-K-U-T dot dot com. Um, Anybody who um, looks at Inside Archery, we are going to be, um, you know, taking out some ads and that leading up to the the ATA show. So just, you know, generally um, trying to get our web presence known. Um, You'll see a, a, a number of videos coming out over the next couple couple of months as as hunting season uh, uh, hits. I I do expect us to do some promotional videos for YouTube. Um, So those are definitely on the slate for the next month or two. Um, That's that's mainly about it. So I, I, you know, so so really Instagram, Facebook, um, for the most part at the moment, Um, like I said, YouTube coming up. Um, And it's just, you know, because we're we're brand new Christian, it's just creating all of this, you know, um, you know, all of this material, right? And giving folks the time to actually go out and 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 do the hunting. I mean, it's great for you know um, uh, to get out and shoot stuff. I you know, uh, um, one of the guys um, texted me on Instagram the other day that uh, you know they plan to have a you know. A video of them shooting a Mack truck. Well, you know, I hope it's not coming down the highway because honestly, I'd bet on the Mack truck. But you know, I'm I'm going to be interested to see how that kind of stuff, you know, fares out. But but the reality is, right at the end of the day, um, how do the broadheads work in the field, right? And those are the kinds of videos and 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 the kinds of pictures that we'll be getting a lot of. Um, this is our first season, right? Um, you know, reinvigorated. So, um, you know, a lot of what I've been showing um, are, you know, what what the old broadheads have done. Um, and now some, you know, some of what we're putting up are what the new broadheads are doing. And, and, and that's really what's germane to all of this, right? You guys have a, a historic brand. I mean, one thing that I wanted to point out here was I knew about you guys back in, I think 2011 or 2012, so seven or eight years ago, I would have been 13 or 14 years old. 
And I remember, I remember my uncle uh, hunting up in Kansas, which I thought was the coolest thing ever. I was from Oklahoma. I knew all the big deer lived in Kansas, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he brought home one one day like a twenty two inch wide, like a hundred and fifty inch buck that he killed with a crimson talon. I just thought that was the coolest thing. And I walked around <laughs> for the next year with uh, two crimson talons in my quiver that I took off his shelf. I think one he had killed a doe with before. So I have a <laughs> I have kind of a legacy effect with crimson talon. I mean, I remember the brand. I'm so excited that it's back, and I mean, I might have to use some of these myself this season. It sounds really, really like a really cool product. Well, I think I think you should, and and you know what I would tell you is that that personally, I I feel you know just extremely privileged, right, to have the opportunity to bring this back, and I I have nothing but you know absolute respect for the folks who you know um, created this this technology to begin with. Um, cause I, I just, I, I think they built an, an incredible broadhead. Um, and I don't want to take, you know, I can't take credit for, you know, for what this is because they're the ones who, you know, started it, developed it. Um, like I said, I, I was just, you know, extremely blessed to, uh, have been presented with, a with an opportunity and the chance to, uh, you know, incrementally make it better. Um, so it's been a, been a privilege for me and, and, and well, it is a privilege for me. I'm just hoping that, you know, I want to, you know, earn the respect of, 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 you know, all of the hunters out there who try it the same way that, you know, the original group of guys did as well. So, yeah. So one more time for people that are listening, it's corecut.com and Crimson Talon Broadheads on Instagram and Facebook. If you guys want to check them out, that's the place to do it. And Dave, once again, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again sometime. A lot of you guys are listening to the podcast, but you haven't left us a review on iTunes yet. If you are enjoying the episodes of the podcast or have a guest that you really have been dying to listen to, feel free to message us on Instagram at Christian Babcock or at Hunter's Advantage Podcast. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps support the podcast. And I really appreciate that you guys are tuning in every week and listening. Thank you guys so much.